since we're recording these back to back and we won't obviously have any more news can you just give me a generic oh my gosh i can't believe that happened (laughs) (laughs) and it's out for the season wilkers batman what oh you just talked over everything you freaking ruined it sorry one more time nope okay then let's get into the show (laughs) welcome back please leave in if you can make out what happened leave it in it's gonna be garbled but hilarious Two best of friends. You think we're still gonna hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're dumb. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. A freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Okay, 2M Football Show back at it with another divisional breakdown. Um, yeah, no news. Here we go. NFC East. Cowboys won it last year with a 12-5 and record. It was Dak Prescott's return from that devastating ankle injury uh, from suffered in the 2020 season. He bounced back pretty strong, I'd say, for 4,500 pass yards, a new career-high 37 touchdown passes. It's always amazing when somebody gets, like, a devastating injury, whether it's an ankle, an ACL, like Joe Burrow or whatever, and then they come back and it's like, did they get better? Like, what, what is the drugs they are giving people? Oh, they're strong. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, impressive comeback. And they, so they had a good offense and for kind of a change from recent years, they were complimented by a really great defense. Oh, here we thanks, go with this again. Thanks to mastermind Dan Quinn. You did not put that in. <laughs> I concede. I concede. <laughs> Well, now we'll see if he can do it again. But, uh, yeah, they have great young players on this defense, like Javon Diggs at cornerback and then Micah Parsons at linebacker. That helps. <laughs> yep, definitely. So the team made the playoffs as the three seed in the NFC, hosted the 49ers in the wild card round. Um, I actually rewatched this game because I couldn't remember what happened. They, the Cowboys had a ton of procedural penalties, and what I mean by that is like false starts, illegal motions, just stuff you don't expect to see from a well-coached offense. But that that's what you get with Mike McCarthy. But I think what will be remembered most about this game is the ending. And if you remember, the Cowboys were down six points with no timeouts right at the end. They were driving. Dak Prescott ran up the middle uh, all the way to the 25-yard line of San Francisco as the clock was ticking. Um, they tried to get a snap off. However, the the referee hadn't snapped the ball. It was Dak tried to spot it himself and, and just hand it to a lineman to snap it. Um, I guess that's not allowed, though. The referee has to be the one to spot the ball, which, you know, makes sense. And time expired as the referee had to like kind of fight his way through the, the Cowboys offensive line to, to grab the ball and make the official spot. And the, the clock hit double zeros as he was doing that. And so they lost 23-17. 
for a heartbreaking final score, and the the season came to an end there. And that's where it ended. By the numbers, they were pretty great, especially on offense with 407 yards a game, which was the best offense in terms of yards. Second through the air, ninth on the ground, and first as well in points per game scored with 31.2. Defense, not so great yardage-wise, but they allow the seventh fewest points per game with at 21. And I, didn't I got confused for a second. We just talked about how great it was with Mastermind well, Quinn, and then I saw 19th, and then I saw the seventh, and was like, okay, we're not stupid. Well, yeah, right. And the, I wish I had the number on this. I know it's in my notes somewhere, but they generated just a, a ton of turnovers. They were a, a big play defense. There we go. Hold on. Yeah, they were number one in terms of uh, turnovers forced with 34 on the season. <clears throat> in the offseason, uh, though, they lost a lot of players. Randy Gregory, edge rusher, Amari Cooper, they traded to the Browns. Uh, as well as Cedric Wilson, another wide receiver they lost in for agency. Lael Collins and Connor Williams on the offensive line left town, and then also Greg Zerline, their kicker, who we don't always talk about kickers, but I feel like that's an impactful one. Well, we've seen teams what happens when they don't have a kicker and what happens when a team has a phenomenal kicker. Yep. Um, in free agency, they brought in Dante Fowler, edge rusher, who I think it was Jacksonville, who drafted him really high originally. He's coming from Atlanta more recently. Uh, and then James Washington, Pittsburgh wide receiver, who's already hurt. In the draft, they took uh, Tyler Smith, offensive lineman out of Tulsa in the first round. Um, and then Jalen Tolbert, their third-round pick at, at wide receiver out of South Alabama, is an interesting one given their the wide receiver personnel. Well, I Look, mean, I think they were lo- probably looking for someone to replace both Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. Yeah, Cedric Wilson was average. I didn't he didn't jump out at me as like like top tier, but he did his job. And then yeah. Amari Cooper, I feel like, really is what turned Dallas around just a couple of years ago. Right, it wasn't long ago that they traded Brought him in mid season, and like yep. the offense did a complete one eighty. So, still a lot of great players on this offense, starting with Dak Prescott, the quarterback. Um, I know him. Only, hmm? I know him. Yeah, I know you do. You're a fan. And he should only keep improving, I would think, another year removed from that, that ankle injury. And then uh, Ezekiel Elliott, question mark. Does he still be on the stud list? I don't want to get into my fantasy woes from last yes, year. Yes, you do. But, but yeah, actually, I kind of do. He was. Uh, I don't know. He was hurt most of last year, but played through it. And thanks to that, he was not effective. <laughs> but as a whole, I would say they're they're loaded at the at the running back position thanks to his uh, his running mate in the backfield there. One of the best drafting decisions I made. Yeah, Pollard is is really good. And I don't know what to expect from Zeke specifically this year, but between the two of them, I I'm, I'm expecting a lot of production. At wide receiver, they do still have C.D. Lamb, who was a high draft pick a few years ago. He's awesome, one of the most exciting young receivers in the league. Um, Dalton Schultz at tight end was kind of a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Good. Good. 
Hung kind of came out of nowhere too, but he's been a really important part of the passing game the last few years. Um, and not bad blocking for the run as well. Still, as a, they still have a strong offensive line, which has been a tradition there in Dallas the last several years. Uh, Zach Martin at guard and Tyron Smith at, at tackle are the veterans still there, kind of at the top of their game. And they've got some young players at the other positions who look promising as well. So still a good offensive line. Yes. And my big question is regarding the receiving core. It's, it's so thin. <laughs> like how thin? Like paper thin, to use a cliched example. <laughs> I was really hoping you had something lined up. As thin as, oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> it's like tissue paper. Sure. It's like one ply. It's like one illegal touch away from tearing in half. Okay, you leave the jokes to me. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like we already said, they lost Cooper and Cedric Wilson, who actually played a lot last year. Um, they have Michael Gallup still, but he tore his ACL in the playoffs and won't be ready until, you know, sometime in the middle of the season. I think it's going to be up to, I think the rookie Tolbert is going to be forced into action, especially with Washington's injury. And uh, it's going to be him and CeeDee Lamb and, and I guess Schultz at tight end, but I don't know. I think with this just means that we're going to have to see a ton more production out of Ezekiel Elliott that we did not get last year. I granted he was hurt, but when he, if you choose to be on the field, you've got to be productive. But I like the fact that they do have the balance of Pollard and Elliott to kind of yeah. help this younger receiving core of these kind of question marks that are filling in for veterans that are gone. Yeah, and the other thing I think they've showed in um, they've been reporting from camp is Pollard lining up at receiver. So having both Zeke and Pollard on the field at the same time. So they'll, they'll find a way, I guess. But just looking at the wide receiver position, it's it's not deep to say the least. Um, on defense, <clears throat> somehow PFF didn't really like Trevon Diggs. Not quite. It's not quite a Patrick Queen situation. But <laughs> <laughs> Where they just keep crapping on him year yeah, after year. But they had Diggs rated. Yes. But they had Diggs at the 80th best cornerback out of 116. Pretty sure he led the league. Yes, he did. He led the league with 11 interceptions, just making a ton of plays. I don't know how you could grade a guy that low, but I, I really like Trevon Diggs. He's a stud for me. Uh, and then, obviously, Micah Parsons. He was a rookie last year. He's already elite. <laughs> he had 13 sacks, 20 tackles for loss, and 30 quarterback hits in his rookie season. You know what? That's pretty darn good. Pretty good. Did he win rookie defensive rookie of the year? I don't think so. I thought I didn't make that call. I thought I picked hmm. him for it. Uh, well, what was case, this? The tw- would this be the 21 season, right? Yeah. In any case, he had a very good rookie season and is a strong uh, player integral part of this defense already. Oh, here's where I actually wrote it down. They did lead the league in takeaways, averaging two per game, which um, kind of goes against the yardage they actually allowed. But taking the ball away will help with the uh, not allowing that many points. So I guess the question is, can they do that again? Because turnovers can be a little bit fluky and random. 
I guess rookies don't matter. All it keeps showing is that TJ Watt was defensive player of the year. Okay. That's okay. Micah, Par- rookies. Micah Parsons is good. That's all we need to know. Right. right. Yep. So I guess the question for the defense is, can they clamp down a little bit more in, in terms of the yards they're allowing? I don't see why not. I mean, Van Der Esch, I think, was in and out, too. He's one of my other guys on this team that I, I'm a big fan of with mm-hmm. Van Der Esch. And we, he was actually very impactful on, on the run. Yeah. Which this team, notoriously, I think, was it this year or last year, got absolutely ripped on a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 16th against the rush. I think there were some big games where they just could not stop the run game. But... um. Yeah, I think the question is how does how does this receiver core kind of pan out? Um, plus, they lost one or one or two of their main offensive line people, and does Ezekiel Elliott bounce back? So, really, I have more offensive questions. Mm. Can this team put up the numbers and the points that it did last year? Dak, I don't think will be a problem, but what about what's around him? Have they done enough? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> If, yeah. if Elliot can be even a shadow of his former self with Pollard out there now and just kind of hold the ground down until they can get Michael Gallup back, they won't be too shabby. Right. But, if they had Gallup going into the season, I'd feel totally differently because I, I do think Michael Gallup's really good. He is. He's solid. Like, that's what you need. You don't. Everybody wants the Michael Thomases and Devontae Adams. But if you have three solid guys that you know are going to catch the ball. That what more can you ask for as a quarterback? Like I can throw it to anybody. I don't have to go for the Michael Evanses or the Devontae Adams every time because I know Gallup or Lamb mm-hmm. or or um, Pollard are all going to catch it. Right. Also gives more the the defense more to to think about and worry about. I, I feel like this is a really balanced team these days with with how the defense came along last season. So I'm pretty excited about uh, watching them. I've got them at a I'll give them a solid B on that. I think I think the receiving core has a little bit to show for itself. They can't afford very many injuries without being in a very tight spot. Yeah. All right, cool. Agreed. Next up, the Eagles. They were nine and eight last year, second place in the division. They dug themselves out of a two and five hole that they started the season on or in. Uh, and then they won four of their final five games to clinch that final playoff spot in the NFC. As the season wore on, they became they kind of changed their tactic, which is interesting. They they became the most run heavy team in the league at ground attack, obviously, including their quarterback and Jalen Hurts, and it really worked out for them until until the playoffs when they traveled to Tampa Bay to take, <laughs> to take out one of the best run stopping teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were dominated from the start. They it got it got to thirty one to zero. They were down in the fourth quarter. I think I watched like not even the first half and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember from wildcard weekend last year. It was terrible. It was like all the games were blowouts like this. Um, yeah, so that was the end for them. But overall, I'd say it, you have to call the season a success under uh, first time, first year head coach Nick Sirianni. That playoff berth plus some uh, some growth shown by the young quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Unsurprisingly, by the numbers, they had the number one rushing attack. Uh, however, not a very effective passing game at 25th. 
They scored 26 points per game, which was 12th most. And uh, the defense was actually pretty good. 10th in yards allowed per game uh, in, in total, 11th against the pass, and 9th against the rush. Mm, however, I, in terms of points allowed, it was 18th with at 22.6. Not yeah, a whole I mean, of, I, I, right? Like, what to make of this offense? I mean, I guess if you're good at something, do it. But, like, you have to adjust your strategy. Their biggest downfall was going into the postseason against a, a, one of the best run defenses and thinking they can continue doing it. They're not Tennessee. Very few teams can go and run first consistently consistently, and make it work every time. This team was good at it, but I don't know. I don't see this as their M.O. I just don't. Yeah, well, it's interesting looking at, um, which we'll get into in just a second, their, their big trade during the draft implies I think that they was there to balance. Correct. I know very few players lost in free agency this offseason. Just Steven Nelson, cornerback, going to Houston, and then Ryan Kerrigan, linebacker, who retired. Um, and then, yeah, during the draft, they traded for A.J. Brown from the Titans, which was a stunner and, and super exciting. He'll pair now with last year's first-round pick and Heisman Trophy with Devontae Smith. Um, he, you know, he won the Heisman the previous year in college. <laughs> Just to I was clarify. gonna say, wait, when did when? Well, I know I'm out of touch with things, but geez, they're giving Heisman's away right now in the NFL. <laughs> what? Right. So, so now they've got two. You know, they've got a strong starting tandem of, of wide receivers. In free agency, they brought in Hassan Reddick from Carolina, an outside linebacker. James Bradbury, cornerback from the Giants, and then Kaiser White, linebacker, outside linebacker from the Chargers. And then they still had, um, I guess they had two first-round picks this year. They used the, the one they didn't trade away, 13th overall. They took Jordan Davis. Defensive tackle was part of that incredible Georgia defense this past season. Uh, and then, defense, the Bulldogs. Why is everyone a Bulldog? Never mind. Proceed. <laughs> they just like our high school team. Yeah, that's what it is. Great <laughs> RV Bulldogs. <laughs> no, we are not going down that memory lane. I will drive back down there, just slap you. <laughs> a nice callback to our, our original intro. I will drive down there to beat you. <laughs> do you remember saying that? I do now. I mean, I just said it, but do I remember it before? No. Those lines of that intro, most of them, I don't recall ever. That those words leaving my mouth never happened. All right, let's get into the roster breakdown then. Um, Offensive studs, you got to start now with AJ Brown. Jalen Hurts he hasn't played weapon. yet. How do we know? What if he's what if he's just terrible in this system? It's a change for sure. Uh, well, I guess you could argue it's similar in the sense that it's a run-first offense, just like Tennessee. But you know, he he was he proved what he showed. He really showed what he could do with Ryan Tannehill. I remember a few games I was watching last year where. Brown's the kind of guy where it doesn't matter if he's covered. He can just out-muscle uh, the, the cornerback and just take the ball away. He's, he's really good. Dallas Goddard at tight end. All those years he was uh, with Zach Ertz. 
but he has the position to himself now after they finally traded Hertz. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's very, very good. And he should only be helped by the fact that they have actual receivers now with now Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown both. Um, the offensive line is a huge strength of the Eagles now. Jason Kelsey at center, the veteran, and then tackle Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson, who are both studs as well. I would say that Kelsey and Johnson are arguably the top in their positions. If yeah. not, like, number one, then they are top five in their positions. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was just looking this up really quick. Yeah, they have PFF's number one ranked offensive line coming into the season. Not surprised. Yep. And I feel like I remember having this a similar conversation about Lamar Jackson last year in in the sense that he's proven what – Hertz has proven what he can do with his legs and shown flashes of being a good passer but hasn't really done that consistently. And now that the Eagles have made that huge trade to bring in a, a really – a truly elite wide receiver in AJ Brown hurts coming into year three. I feel like it's time for him to take the next step. And yeah, there's no way you don't make a blockbuster trade like that in the middle of the draft and not pass the football. Right. Right. Um, that being like, said though, I could kind of argue too, like with that great of an offensive line, that explains why they had the best run game in the league. Right, so, this was part of that as well. You know, do you do you go with what works, or do you try something new? But I think this team isn't cut out to run long term. They can't take Jalen Hearns and use him like Cam Newton's time in Carolina, right? Because you're just going to get your quarterback wrecked. Right, that's a good case study for for not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting. I, I, I agree with you. They're going to ask Hartz to pass the ball more, and he's going to have to continue to grow in that aspect of his game, too, for the sake of the I team. I know you're and, a quarterback, but I'm going to need you to actually pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> On the defensive side of the ball, Darius Slay is still uh, playing really well at corner. Um, I'm happy to see him still playing at a high level in his new home after that surprising trade uh, for, away from Detroit a few years ago. And then TJ Edwards at linebacker is another good one. He was an undrafted free agent actually in 2019 who has worked his way into a starting role and played really well last year. Um, I guess my question for the defense is one thing that they did struggle in despite good, mostly good numbers is they had, uh, they forced just 16 turnovers in on the season, which was tied for fifth fewest in the league and, and an average of less than one per game. They also recorded the second fewest sacks last year with just 29. So they were a solid defense in terms of containing opposing offenses, but they weren't coming up with those big plays that we were just talking about with Dallas that could really swing a game. Uh, they did make some good signings like we talked about at these impactful positions. But I guess that's my question is as a unit, will they be able to make more big plays? I mean, I mean, big plays are nice, but, uh, you know, in yards per game allowed and just like their defense basically ranked just outside the top 10 with 11th and pass, 9th and rush. 
sure plays can switch momentum, which is, I guess, is the argument it's making, but they did fine. This is where I would say the defense needs to do what it did last year, and this offense now should be able to help it. If you can, if you can give them a little bit more rest and stretch the field a little bit more, have Hurts actually pass the ball to more than just Dallas Goddard, you could see them kind of working together as both sides of the football instead of it, the defense and a run first, uh, run first team that I don't really see as run first. Yeah, well, you've got to be able to do both, right? At some point, but I I agree with you in the sense that the offense, there's more questions around the offense than the defense. If, like you said, if they can just do what they did last year, and the offense takes a big step forward, then then the team will take a step forward. Mm-hmm. And so I put them at a solid B. I'm actually pretty intrigued by the Eagles. We'll have to get Sorio's take at some point. Have you talked to him at all about it? Uh, not about this, no. Maybe I'll get him to do a little uh, sound bite like we did last year. Send it to me and I'll just insert it here. Go Eagles. <laughs> what do you think about um, the B grade for the roster? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, moving right along to the newly named Washington Commanders. Right. This is their first season with that name, right? Yes, because they were the football team. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh, seven and ten last year, third place in the division. <clears throat> this was supposed to be another year of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, so mad. Why? I really think he would have kind of elevated this offense, but he broke his hip week one, old man style, and was never seen again uh, without his walker. Yeah, my hip. Which meant it was the Taylor Henneke show again, and he played okay, but you know he's not. He he has his limitations as a quarterback. Uh, the defense as well, which may be even more surprising, which after being so dominant in 2020, they took a big step back as well. Uh, they did have some high points of their season, like a four-game win streak after their bye, which included wins over the Buccaneers, Henneke's revenge on Brady for that playoff loss a couple of years ago. Um, they also beat the Seahawks and Raiders, but they lost four out of their final five games, got swept by the Cowboys and Eagles in the division, and that just destroyed any hopes they had at, at trying to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, this uh, there was so much so much hype around this team, and it just all kind of came apart. Like they never fired on any cylinders they had these blips of greatness like you said they had a four-game win streak coming out of their bye which we thought maybe they turned a corner but ron rivera i think has just proven resilient um because really last year this team had no culture like he didn't just have to rebuild a roster he had to rebuild a whole culture and identity to this team and that's going to take several years um but I, I think for me, the biggest disappointment was the defense for sure. I loved what they did two years ago, and then they just, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, some of it was due to injuries, and we'll talk about it. But, yeah, that's I think that's the biggest question going forward. But uh, and going into this offseason, or in this offseason, they lost their starting guard, 
Brandon Scherf, which I think is a really big loss. That's a huge loss. And they brought in via trade their brand new quarterback, Carson Wentz, from the Colts. Uh, his it's his third team in three years. I'm sure things will work out this time, right? One of our favorite players, Carson Wentz. Your did favorite I, player. Did I draft him in fantasy this year? You were on the fence, and then I was holding something that I was going to throw at you. So what your family would have witnessed is Uncle Matt <laughs> chucking things at their dad. Well, you're not going to be here in person this year to slap me if I do it. So. <laughs> what I, You know what? I, I have your address somewhere. I can just show up at any point. <laughs> So Wentz is the quarterback. They also brought in two new guards, Andrew Norwell, ironically from the Jaguars, who signed Scherf. So they basically trade starting guards. And then Trey Turner from the Steelers. First round of the draft, with 16th overall, they took Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State, and then reinforced their defensive line in the second round. With Fidarian Mathis out of Alabama. I like that name. That's a cool name, yeah. I don't remember writing. I feel like I'm reading that for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's almost 1130. Yeah. <laughs> On offense, uh, they're headlined by Terry McLaurin, the superstar wide receiver. They just signed him to a big contract extension. So he's here in Washington for the long haul. And... As much as we like to make fun of Wentz, and, and rightfully so, I think, he's still probably the best quarterback McLaurin uh, will have played with, <laughs> which says a lot about what he's been dealing with in Washington so far. Yeah. I feel I like... This, I'm, I'm waiting until we get to the questions, because I have my opinions. I feel like this team has a strong uh, stable of running backs, headlined by Antonio Gibson, um, his his main issue has been health and, and also fumbling at very inopportune times and then getting back. But he's really healthy. We don't ever want you to fumble, but could you not fumble now? <laughs> yeah. He's another one of these dynamic, kind of versatile backs, at least when he's used that way. But he's also got in his backfield uh, J.D. McKissick, who's a really good pass-catching specialist. Uh, and then I, I think later in the draft they, they took another running back that's who's good at um, – kind of the goal line short yardage stuff. So between the three of them, I feel like it's a really, it's a strength of the team. And then uh, they've got a solid offensive line too. Let's talk about Carson Wentz. (laughs) I just, this is do or die for, I think not only it's for his career. I mean, he went from having one of the best running games in the NFL and a solid offensive line Mediocre receivers. I'll give him that part in in Indianapolis. But he also had a stable defense. So he had more there than I think when he was pushed out of Philly. And he couldn't capitalize on it. Like when all you have to do is hand the ball off and you can't close a game, what the hell is going on? And now (laughs) you're going into a, a team that has maybe bigger studs in some areas, right? Like Terry McLaurin is clearly a a star wide receiver. Mm -hmm. They lose one of the best guards in the game. They lose Brandon Sheriff and trade to Jacksonville. That hurts. hurts. Um, 
you know, you've got Antonio Gibson who could potentially either get you the points or give the points to the other team. You've got Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. You have some weapons there, but you don't have the same prowess that you had it in in Indy. And I can't trust Carson. I can't. He couldn't no, do it in Indy. He's not, not going to do it here. Yeah. I'm 100% in agreement. If if this is if this doesn't go well, I think this is it for him as a starter. I don't Watch even know he's what gonna have a, he's going to destroy everybody, and we're all going to look like a bunch of assholes. It's fine. <laughs> when, so just like usual, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what would be realistic to expect from this team. Uh, but let's talk about the defense for a minute. Kendall Fuller, really good corner. Jonathan Allen, inside interior D lineman, really good as well. Another guy they drafted. Uh, then definitely Chase Young still belongs here, even though. So he was the defensive rookie of the year in his in 2020, obviously mm-hmm. his season. <laughs> but uh, last year he missed the second half of the season due to injury. And actually, he might, I saw a quote from uh, Rivera recently that he's expected to miss a few games to start this year as well, coming back from the ACL tear. But when on the field, I'm still expecting his dominance that he showed as a rookie. And I think I feel like as a unit, that's the biggest question is, is can they bounce back? Because they were so good in 2020. And I don't think Young, I don't think Chase Young was the only guy they lost last year due to injury. But he was a big part of that team. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like they should be able to bounce back at least somewhat. I believe in the defense of this team. I question the offense. And I and that's no offense to again McLaurin, Gibson, mm-hmm. Thomas. It all centers around the quarterback. I mean, didn't Wentz last year like smash both of his ankles or something? He was banged up. I don't think he missed any time because of it, but yeah. There was that weird, like, injury, like, him and, like, the center or something both had, like, the oh, same, same injury. The preseason, yeah. Yeah, like, Yeah, like, I thought they were both going to miss a bunch of time, but they both were fine. Yeah, yeah, that was odd. Like, this is a guy that can't even work out in the weight room and stay healthy, so. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't have belief in him. I don't. No, me either. And and as a team, it's it's hard to see them surpassing either the teams we've talked about already in this division so i had them at a c grade for the roster i don't have a lot of confidence i'm i'm gonna give them a c plus and that is all going to bank on the fact that wentz understands he is his back is against a corner um he needs to have a rookie year again and he needs to make magic happen because if he does not, this is it. And I think sometimes that's where it takes some quarterbacks is they need to have their back against the wall where this is it. You make it or you don't. And I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they figured out if the season's lost, if they just don't, you know, pull them halfway through the year and say, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not even like they have a rookie they can start to develop it's i i don't it's i don't know what where this team is at really 
I wouldn't say they're rebuilding, but they also don't have. Well, I but I also think that they were smart. I think they looked at the quarterback class and they didn't like what they saw, oh, so they yeah. were going to wait. Right. So Wentz and Heineke are no more than stop gates right now. Yeah, the worst thing they could have done is, is blow a pick on a, a guy they know isn't going to be the future. So I right. agree with that. All right, let's move on. There's one more team in this division. This can be quick. The Giants. Like their career. Like their record. <laughs> like their winning record. 4-13, and 13, last place. Um, this time last year, there's actually a, a little bit of excitement around the team with Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. They this had so much promise at the beginning of the year. They spent a ton of money on Kenny Galladay in free agency. Uh, they drafted Kadarius Toney. Didn't take long for everything to unravel, though. Barkley took some time to fully recover. Galladay barely played due to injury, and Tony had one great game, then got suspended for punching someone. And uh, the defense also crashed back down to earth after being a surprising strength the previous year. All that aside, though, what this team really has is a Daniel Jones problem. He uh, Last year, he was actually hurt a bit, a bit. He missed six games. And we were treated to the Mike Glennon experience, as well as one quarter of Jake Fromm. Oh, noodle neck himself. Yeah. And, um, but in the games he played, the, the Giants went four and seven, averaged just 220 pass yards and less than one touchdown per game. And uh, through three seasons, Daniel Jones, who was drafted sixth overall a couple years ago, he has an overall record of 12 and 25. In those 37 games, he's thrown 45 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, and he's fumbled 36 times in 37 games. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And if you're wondering why I did all that research, and I have so much to say about Daniel Jones, uh, yes, it's because I had him in fantasy last year. <laughs> well, in like, okay, so if you took the fumbled out, 45 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, and that I don't think that those numbers do that record justice because it seems like there's some production. But the question is, why isn't this team winning? Then you add the 36 fumbles. <laughs> and you didn't and I think all that begins to stuff. paint a much clearer picture of what's going on. Yeah, they're bad. They had you can't you can you can throw 29 interceptions in 30 odd games and win when you don't turn the ball over two different ways mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah because he, he had... was a running back he would have lost his job oh yeah <laughs> years ago i feel like they have they're suffering from um uh what is that called the sunk cost fallacy it's like oh well we spent a sixth round pick on him we he has to be, we, we can't dump him yet although notably they did decline his fifth year option so this is it I can't imagine Jones. why yeah so anyway last year the numbers were horrible uh close to the bottom of the league in every category they lost a bunch of guys in free agency brought in a few others I love your analysis. You hate this team. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor they brought in. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the starter at some point this year. Unless his doctor has anything to say about it. Yes. Well, this time he's the one who's starting on the bench, so. 
maybe Daniel Jones is the one who has to worry about his doctor. I do think we want to talk briefly on the coaching change and what yeah, could happen here. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had a, I would say they had a pretty good draft too. They had two picks in the top ten, uh, bolstered both sides of the line with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher, fifth overall, and then Evan Neal, seventh at offensive tackle. And then uh, Wandale Robinson, at receiver in the second round, who is getting a lot of buzz in training camp and could be a week one starter at wide receiver. But, yes, let's talk about the coach. Go ahead. So, Joe Judge, out. Uh, 10-23 is his record at two seasons of the helm. But what I think they are trying here is they're trying to revamp this offense. The defense has been – last year was bad, but it's never been – like god awful solid enough yeah years ago it was actually like they were pretty darn good on defense hey and and you know what the defense would probably have much better numbers if their quarterback didn't have 40 fumbles in the last three years correct so like (laughs) can you imagine like all right we stopped them all right offense go get us some points and he gives the ball (laughs) back to the other all right all right we're going back out on the field like you can't you know if i was a linebacker on the giants i probably would have you would you wouldn't know where uh, Danny Dimes is. <laughs> he would have gone missing. So who's the new head coach? Brian DeBall, um, which is super exciting because he's been the the offensive coordinator with the Bills since 2018, and after a very rough first year for Josh Allen, turned mm-hmm. the tables with him into probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to fix Daniel Jones. But having somebody that was as inaccurate as Josh Allen was, and in one year, yeah, basically turn him around. I like this thought. Um, you brought in another person off the Andy Reid's coaching tree with Mike Kafka at the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. uh, who was the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator uh, for the Chiefs. So basically, then, the next Matt Nagy got it. <laughs> wow. Sorry, go on. I really hate it. I really hate this team. <laughs> and then Don Martindale, uh, who's been the linebackers Raven coach, uh, been with the Ravens like, a long time. Yeah, since I like this long. move. I like Martindale. So I think bringing in Martindale to take sort of a mediocre defense and just fine tune it. Again, we're not looking for, you know, postseason masses here. We're looking for improvements. And I think Martindale is a great choice. I think Brian DeBall is the choice. But offensive and defensive studs, Mike, who are they? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good wide receiver core when healthy. I don't I don't think Kenny Galladay just stops being a good receiver now. I, he was so good in Detroit with Stafford. Maybe there's a curse on the Giants. You could be a stud and then you go there and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sterling Shepard has been a pretty good possession slot receiver Kadarius Tony looked pretty exciting as a rookie last season and then that guy that rookie this year Wandale Robinson is really jumping off the page so it should be a good receiving core Saquon Barkley was you know one of the best backs in the league before his ACL tear in 2020 and uh, honestly sometimes that kind of thing takes two years for guys to look like their old selves again. Like, yeah, he played last year, but didn't look like the Saquon Reese. He wasn't Saquon that everyone got excited for that he was going to be back. Right, right. Now with a full off season, he's fully recovered. Maybe we see the old Saquon Barkley. It, it all comes down to Daniel Jones and can, can Dable save him? 
like I said, they already declined his fifth year option. So this could be it for him. It could be a, a prove it year for Daniel if Jones. If this isn't it, I'll be I'll be shocked. Right. Like they're not it would be weird for them to decline the fifth year option, but then sign him to an extension. So I, it, you, you could argue that they're already the writing's on the wall. But if he does come out and has have a revival under under Brian Dable, maybe he does find a way to stick around. But it all comes down to him how this offense is going to function. Uh, they've got some good players on defense in the secondary, particularly. Um, and they did lose a lot of players in free agency. I know I skipped over them, but. Uh, Martindale is, has a long track record of success as a defensive coach. I'd say he has his work cut out for him here, but but like you alluded to, this defense has been kind of surprisingly decent the last few years. So Yeah, I mean, they are maybe lower middle of the pack, but they're not bottom tier of the league. Yeah. They need help, and I think Martindale might be able to get them a little bit more focused. For sure. And not kill Daniel Jones if he turns the ball over 17 more times. <laughs> right. And I feel like that's literally what it all comes down to for this team. If, if he can even play like a competent quarterback, there are enough weapons on this offense for them to be okay. Uh, I'm glad they got rid of Joe Judge. Good move there. And love the hiring of Dable, like you said. And And really the goal for this year should be, I think, two things. Just like win more than three games. And figure out figure out if Daniel Jones is, is worth keeping around. Like that should be the goal for this year. I mean, pretty uh I think I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I got these guys at a C minus. Yeah. That that's fair, because I mean it all boils down to one question, and that's the quarterback. Yeah. That's that's it. I think everything else is fixable, or we can mitigate any additional damage that can get done. But until he learns to be a quarterback, this team's kind of stuck in a rut. Yep. Cool. Thank you for the even later night. <laughs> we are so close. We got two more divisions left in these previews the NFC West, and then we're finally going to bring it home with our home division, the NFC North, and TBD on the date, recording dates for those, but um, sooner than later. Let's just say that. We got we still got several weeks until uh, the NFL season gets underway. So, Like I think I said at the end of the prior recording, until then, let's keep enjoying preseason, keep our fingers crossed for no more no more major injuries to stars yeah stay healthy guys we want to see everybody play this year yep at least start a game come on now (laughs) yeah at least wait till week one to tear that acl we're looking at you baltimore and new york jets jones can tear his right now for all i care This is getting close to your uh, beef with the city of Detroit from a couple years ago. (laughs) Yeah, and then I wound up in Detroit. Oh, ironic. All right. Talk to you later, Matt. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard... 
Please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.